Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Henrico CTE Now. I'm Marianne McGee, joined by... Mike Roberts. We are, Mike, today broadcasting, we're on location again at the Adult Education Center at Regency, specifically at the storefront with our friends from the Virginia Association of Roofing Professionals. VARP has an awesome storefront here today, and we have got a wonderful hands-on project to tell you about, in addition to sharing some facts about the roofing profession that folks may not know about. So keep listening and remember our social media handle, everybody. That's Henrico CTE. You can connect with us on YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, X, at that handle, Henrico CTE. The CTE stands for Career and Technical Education. And you can get some really good specific information about our programs and events by visiting HenricoCTE.com. So Mike, we want to thank all of our listeners. And this is really cool. They come from a lot of different places, don't they? Oh yeah. I mean, we're listed on almost all of the, we're definitely listed on all the major podcast um, apps, uh, Spotify, Google, and Apple. And, but we have dozens of the, um, of the smaller ones. And so it shouldn't be too, too hard to find us. Just look for Henrico CT now in your search, whether you use a browser or use um, your favorite um, podcast app and uh, you should be able to find us. All righty. Well, if you have ever driven by a house or a business and, and seen a group of people hard at work, but somehow looking perfectly relaxed on a roof, by the way, and thought I could never do that. You need to keep listening because we have Scott Shufflebarger here with us representing the Virginia Association of Roofing Professionals. And you might think differently about the roofing profession after you hear what he has to say. Welcome, Scott. Thank goodness there are people who really will work on a roof and VARP really brings a lot of those entities together. Tell us first a little bit about VARP, what it what it is, what you all do. Thank you very much for letting me be here and to share our story. It is a true treat and delight. Uh, the Virginia Association of Roofing Professionals is our statewide organization that really represents, the, just as it says, the roofing professionals in Virginia. And so it is an amalgamation of our contractors, our suppliers and distributors, as well as some of our design professionals. So we are truly the professionals in the roofing industry all across the Commonwealth, and this is the umbrella organization that represents us not only in legislative matters, but also in educational and other development matters. That's awesome. And, you know, VARP rolls deep. I, I've had uh, the chance to, to meet some of the folks at the Living Lab, which we will talk about. And VARP is well represented by a lot of passionate roofing professionals. It is a really cool group. So it was fun to meet some other uh, members. And you all have been just terrific to support career and technical education. Mike, don't you think that VARP has been one of our steadiest partners and most enthusiastic partners we have? Oh, yeah. Our work? I mean, we've, we've have a track record for sure i mean um with uh it's been uh since before COVID. i think is when we first got involved with y'all or at least right there in the middle of it um but what um besides you being with varp i mean you also there's another reason why you're with varp you have your you know you work for a company too 
VARP is made up of roofing professionals um, who have their own individual companies of coming together, right? You want to explain all that? A- absolutely. That's great. And so, yes, I do own a company here in Richmond. Uh, we're a commercial uh, and custom residential roofing company, but I'm just one of our several hundred members uh, that represent all facets of that. So we have residential roofing contractors, small and big, um, all throughout the Commonwealth, and that includes Northern Virginia, Tidewater, Roanoke, the northern end of the valley. So we're literally from all over the, the, the Commonwealth. We have commercial contractors, and like we said, we have uh, distributors. Those are the people we get our, our materials from, and then we have manufacturer representatives, and then folks that actually design uh, roofs. You know, why would you design a roof? Well, that, that's a, maybe a discussion for another podcast, but uh, <laughs> it's all part of what makes our organization great, is there's a diversity in our industry, and I think that's one of the things that I hope we get to talk about a little bit more today is that the roofing industry is not just somebody putting on shingles on your house. It is it is deep, it is wide and diversified, uh, not only in the jobs, but in the people. And the people are really, I think, the story of all industry. Uh, the people tell the story best. Definitely, definitely. Now, um, what uh, made VARP um, want to get involved with career and technical education, whether it's within RICO or anywhere else. What is important about that? And what it was, did you have any past experience maybe when you were a student, did you took a CTE class? That's a great question. I can't go back, you know, and say, oh, there was one defining moment <laughs> that said, this is what we're going to do. But I think if it is an acknowledgement in general that our workforce is facing some challenges and i talk about that in the trades in general it's not just roofing roofing for us is is it's most acute but in general we're seeing our workforce be older uh, they're aging out and we're not seeing the same number of folks come into that in conjunction with that we've sort of set a cultural normative that it's not cool to be in cte and i think that's as far away from the truth as it could actually be. And so we said, okay, we're seeing these things and these trends. We need to sort of buck that trend. We need to educate folks about the opportunity in trades. And in particular, roofing, we're going to hammer a lot on roofing. We're not, we're not shortchanging any of the other trades because they really are valuable and we believe that. Uh, but we need to bring folks into the roofing industry. Um, we need to break down the paradigm that you can only go to college. Uh, we need to address our workflow shortage, workforce shortages. Um, and it took us decades to get here or generations to get here. And it's going to take us generations to, to get out. So when we sat down and had conversations, we said, hey, where are partners in this? And, you know, I will... I will always shout Mac Beaton's praises, uh, but Mac was the first one to, to step into that and say, hey, we'd be happy to chat with you. And so if they're willing, we're willing. And that's really the genesis began. And it was probably about five or six years ago. And it simply started out of a conversation. Can we come talk to your students or even talk about roofing? And he said, yes. And so we started there. And what we realized was that, as we said just a moment ago, it's going to take generations to get out of or years or decades or whatever it is. We need to do this on a long-term, sustainable, viable basis to get in front of them. We don't look at this as a singular pipeline, but a bigger, you know, a high-level adjustment to, to change the narrative about the trades, but also to bring some people in. And hopefully what we do here can be modeled or replicated anywhere else in the Commonwealth or across the country to addressing a workflow. So we all get this idea that we have to address workforce development 
all at once. And, you know, it's the old, it's the, the proverbially, how do you need an elephant? One bite at a time. So <laughs> we're attacking, the, attacking, attacking this problem one little bit at a time, what we can with BARP. And so we've been tremendously blessed with our work here at CTE. You mentioned Mac Beaton. He's, you know, just so everybody knows, um, if you've been listening uh, to this podcast for any length of time, his name comes up quite a bit, but he is uh, the director of uh, Henrico County's Workforce and Career Development, which is CTE uh, with Henrico Schools. And um, he has um, definitely spent, I would say, the bulk of his work outside of of um, coming up with some brilliant ideas for us um, is out there pounding the pavement and meeting different uh, contractors and associations um, to get our students out in front of them and, and bringing them in. So it, it's great that uh, that's how that, that he approached y'all. It's, it's, it's what happened. I hear so often. Absolutely. And I think that's a testimony to what we need to do in general moving forward. We have looked at this, and I'm going to say this from the roofing business perspective. It seems that we've looked at uh, education and career and technical education and actually employment as three separate boxes, and they all need to be interrelated. And so as we step at this, it's not a crazy um, or divergent idea. It's just saying, hey, really, they all go together. It's not an either or, it's an and. Um, and so that's been Mac's approach. And so innovation isn't always just some wildly crazy idea. It's just saying, hey, can we start chipping away at some of the some of the, the silos and in, in integrating? And that's really what we've done here. Well, and you have been really incredibly proactive because the Living Lab Project, which I would love for our listeners to learn a little bit about, is not like anything they probably consider when you're thinking of a classroom hands-on project. <laughs> um, Scott, this is talking about hands-on at a, a new level, literally at a new level. Tell us a little bit about the Living Lab Project. We just wrapped uh, the most recent one up a few weeks ago with the ACE Center at Highland Springs, but you all really put on a true hands-on experience for students. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, thank you. That's uh, the, those were we've done two of them now. We think they were spectacular events, uh, both for us as industry, for the students as well as the educators involved, uh, and then the end user. Obviously, we think it was beneficial. That being said, the Living Lab was sort of uh, it was a conversation Mac and I were having, and said, you know, we can talk to these kids all day long, and we can bring a breadth of folks in front of them and and yes we're a diverse bunch and we can talk but they get talked to all day Mm -hmm. you know and some of these concepts and and i'm a very hands-on learner so some of these concepts we're talking about are irrelevant to me unless i can actually touch it feel it taste it or have some sense of what's going on and as we were brainstorming i guess it was about two years ago he said well what can we do i said i'm i'm you know i'm pretty much i'm game for anything And he came back and said, hey, what if we were able to actually really do a re-roofing project in front of the students? And so that led to the first one, which we call last year's Living Lab. And pardon the name, we didn't really have anything better. We don't, (laughs) VARP doesn't have a marketing department. So just sort of something we came up with is in the sense that we are, we're living doing this. It It is not just a controlled environment. This is real life. So the Living Lab side of it. And last year we found a recreation association that Henrico County owned the building and through the collaboration, again, of industry and associations and business and the CTE program, we were able to re-roof uh, 
the recreation center. Now, that was a shingle re-roof, but we were able to get the students close. So the a scaffolding company, Associated Scaffolding, was marvelous um, uh, and setting up the, the scaffolding next to the building sort of created a, and I'm going to air quote this, they can't see it, but it's an air quote, you know, <laughs> grandstands, uh, so that the students could access the roof level and observe what was going on. And our association made the workers, uh, our employees that were replacing the roof available to have conversations with. So it was, you know, it was, Hey, let's, let's, let's be real here. Roofing is hard. It's not the easiest thing you're going to do in life, but it is rewarding. And so why did you get involved? What are you doing? How are you doing these things? What do you like? What don't you like? All those things that the students had the opportunity to engage in. And then we were able to come down and get them out of the heat because it was a hot day. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) We're able to get them out of the heat and then bring them inside, serve them some pizza, hang out with them, chat, and then talk about the, the diversity of careers. You know, I keep harping on, you know, we're, we're all those professionals. So we talked about the pathways and the different segments of our, our industry, which leads us to this year, lessons learned. Well, that was great. It was hotter than blue blazes. We don't want to do that again. <laughs> what can we do that would be, you know, a little bit cooler, but also expose them to another element of roofing? So we took them from the shingle side and then we said, can we do something more commercial or repair or service? And Mac always said, oh, I have just the right person for you to talk to. And it really was. So Susan Moore is director of facilities. And we were able, the three of us were able to get in a room and talk about what our concept was. And between the, this, between the three of us said, hey, we have a, Susan said, we have a building that has some needs, which was the Highland Springs ACES Center. Um, we said, that's great because that is a commercial building um, and it just needs some repair work. I'm like, well, if it's repair work, we can get the kids on the roof and do it because it's a lower sloped roof so it created some opportunities we partnered with our our local suppliers when we were able to obtain some materials and again the scaffolding company to get us up to the roof and it created an opportunity for us to take it to the next level instead of them just observing a real life replacement they got to actually participate in a different phase which was the repair and maintenance side and when i say hands-on they were gloves hard hat glasses on their knees doing that repair work, and it was amazing to see their excitement. One, from actually getting on the roof, because I don't think many people get the opportunity to actually step on a roof. And the world truly is different from up there, in a good way, the the things you get to see and the perspective gained. But then they actually got to go and do the work, and they saw what it took and the people that they worked with, and they were – I'm not going to say everybody, but the majority were enthralled with that idea. They enjoyed it. They're like, hey, this is, I can maybe see myself doing this, or this is not as bad as I thought this was going to be. So it was that chance to take it to the next level, to be real about what we do, and truly give them that opportunity to see maybe, just maybe, is this what I want to do? And we really were able to show them that. You know, high school is a launching pad. You don't have to go to college. It is a launching pad. You can step in here. You can go from high school to any one of these segments of the roofing industry. And then we laid out the pathways within the industry starting out, you know, as a, as a high school graduate in one of these segments and where they could go. And and for me, I, I, I tie that in because I'm on the contracting side. And I can literally say, you know, I started out in the field. Yes, I did go to college. I won't, I won't bury that that element. So I did go to college, but I worked in the field to help pay my way to college. I worked straight out of high school and I worked summers in roofing, moving up the ladder, graduating from college, worked in my major field, went back to roofing. There's a whole backstory how I ended up in that, but I'm back in roofing and I went back into the field 
and started working my way up, up ultimately to being able to own my own company. Yeah, Miriam, the um, that that hits on a lot because when you talk about the entrepreneurship and becoming a business owner, I mean, we have students that over the years since I've been here, when I talk to them and ask them, especially the, the second year students, and what their plans are, and it splits down the middle. There, a lot of them have already gotten their jobs lined up, going to go work for an uh, electrical contractor, going to go work for a con- uh, construction contractor or what. But then you got the other half that are going to go to college, but they play, they've already got their summer job lined up with a company that they've already met through um, our business partners who've come out just like y'all and come out and, and seen them and, and work with them and shown them the ropes on, um, on to see they get an example of what it's like to work in the industry. And um, it's just, it's amazing. You know, you talk about how you went to college, but, um, but it's, you know, you, I guess the thought is, that it's either or it's never both and i and it's one of the things that we always stress i mean we we, we say this career and technical education is about getting you college and career ready and you know what i love about this too scott because uh chatting at the living lab project which i have to say seeing the middle schoolers involved was awesome they uh we had groups from middle and high school all of them were ready to jump in and do this. They kind of, t- they, they stepped off that scaffolding, stepped on the roof, said, wow. And then they were like ready to roll. We had the best people up there actually showing them the ropes, the real roofers who were up there. These people really deserved a medal by the end of the day. <laughs> wrangling middle schoolers on the ground isn't all that easy sometimes, but they were wrangling them <laughs> on the roof um, and they really did an awesome job. But the but the serious point about that is when you all have come out before, I met a VART member who um, was part of a group that came out to talk to students at the Ace Center at Highland Springs and made a hire from one of those students he talked to in, in the previous year. These business partnerships and the investment of time you make, this can ultimately end up in employment for our students, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we are the benefactors as well. We talked to a student and we're able to have them on signing day and they signed with us and came to work. And there are several other examples of that within our industry or within the Virginia Association Roofing Professionals. So there are many other companies that can they can testify to that just out of Henrico, but that we're not going to limit to Henrico. There's so much more, mm-hmm. you know, so that's the exciting part. What I will also jump in on the living lab, not to, to bury the lead, but this really is when we say, you know, what we're doing here is outside the box. It, it doesn't seem like it, but it's really kind of first in the nation stuff. I was just out last week with our National Roofing Association, National Roofing Contractors Association. I get to chat with them and to start talking about things and shared what we did and this is ultimately what our goal is we're you know five plus years into that and finally we're getting to the living lab so it's just it's being patient and working and creating those relationships and i think that's about when we talk about uh, the trades in general it's about building relationships because you know one of the things i tell folks or what we've shared virginia Association roofing professionals is and, and you noted it about our passion and how excited we are we love what we do there, there's no doubt about it we hope that the students feel that passion. We hope that it becomes their passion or is their passion. But if it's not, we hope that the passion that we have and that they see, that they find that passion in their trade, whether it's carpentry or welding or whatever, but not view it in, in a bad thing. No, if you, if you love it, do it. It's an honorable and amazing profession. Find your, your place. Exactly. Now, um, when you talk about the living lab, um, you know, 
any business that would want to be involved in that could easily take the easy path and say, well, we've set up the, you know, like the bleacher seats and they're all sitting there and they're watching and they're asking questions. But y'all did, y'all did something this time that I think, just like you said, really engaged the students. Talk about what some of the things that they did on that roof at Highland Springs Ace. Uh, absolutely. So um, I won't get into the wonky technical stuff, oh, yeah. but <laughs> the, the basics are is that Henrico, and I'll give a little history, Henrico ha- has, I don't know how long Highland Springs has been around, but that school is not young. I, I, have, <laughs> I have a friend who's in his mid-70s who graduated from there. <laughs> so the, the structure itself has been around for a while, and so structures of that age need to be re-roofed periodically. And back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, that roof out there needed some love, uh, needed to be replaced, and they chose to install what's called a metal retrofit system. Great, great performing roof, has a long service life, but it also needs to be maintained. And so in the process of getting the new school and doing some updates and whatnot, it was identified that this roof needed some repair work. And we said, that's perfect, because we can't, engage, I mean, it is very technical work to replace a roof. There, there are all different levels of skill sets that are involved in education, experience, and materials. But from a repair side, it's a, it's a more simple approach. And we said, you know what? We know students, under good guidance, can perform this work. And the scope of work that we agreed upon was elastomeric coating repairs. And in the simplest sense, elastomeric coating is like rubberized paint. Mm-hmm. It's more complicated than that. And so you need to go out and, and install this coating over places that the roof could leak. And that's where those metal panels, those standing sink panels, uh, lap each other at the joints. So they move and the sealant in there breaks down. And there's a lot of them up there. We're, we're talking thousands of lineal foot. Well, if you have 160 students, <laughs> you can cover a lot of area. Yep. And so it is brought them up there and divided them out into um, our crew team, our team leaders, which we had r- actual service crews from different companies around the area. They came in and they took groups of students, brought them out, and showed them what they needed to do. And what they needed to do was clean and prepare the area that they were going to repair which was these these panels are 16 inches wide, so they were going to install basically a 16-inch wide section of coating, and then they were going to cut this reinforcing fabric, which I will skip the reason for, but you put this fabric in it, you embed the fabric in it, and then you apply more coating over it. It's brushed on, and and you want to do it in a neat and clean fashion, and you don't want to put too much, you don't want to put too little. So they walked them through the steps of the, the... the how and the why and the students actually got to do all those steps and continue down and see how it was done in a broad-based application not just something sitting in front of your your lab desk and you perform a little you know little experiment with your Bunsen burner this is real world (laughs) at the end of the day what you created is in place and it's a permanent repair on this facility that really needed it so Scott there are some people or some students who I am sure after Living Lab were really psyched about what they saw, heard, and experienced. Let's talk a little bit about kind of the profession, entering the the profession, those first things you need to think about and consider and do. Is there an apprenticeship kind of program that typically uh, accompanies uh, your your entry-level roofing job, or how do you get into it? Great question. I will first start with the, the, the low-hanging fruit for our listeners. So if you are interested in a career in the roofing industry and want to know more about it, I would encourage you to go to the VARP website, 
look on our website and we have a career pathways page. Not only does it list the jobs that are available, the companies that are hiring and the positions that are available, we also have some great videos that are posted that will talk about what your first four years in roofing looks like. It will sort of roughly outline and this is from the contractor side, if you engage in the contracting side, what your roles and responsibilities will be. For those of you that haven't already jumped on the website, what that looks like is that you'll generally start at what we call a laboring position or a a lower level. You're just, you're learning the industry. So your first year in, you come into your company and that company is going to train you according to their own protocols and programs that they have in place. But generally, you're going to start out as a laborer. You're going to learn from those that are around you. So you're going to probably start on trash detail and that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But when you don't know what a last form flashing is or an SBS role or an APP role, if you don't know the differences between those things, we can't move you up. So you sort of start in trash detail, and we hope that your ears are wide open and that your foreman, who's your, your principal leader or your, your boss at that point, that individual is going to start training you and showing you the ropes of what these things are. So you'll learn a lot more than just the material aspects. You're going to learn the safety protocols that go up there because roofing is indeed a dangerous job. But just like driving your car, that's a dangerous activity. If you're trained how to do it, you can do it safely. It doesn't always avert all the risk, but it puts you in the best position possible to perform. So you're going to learn your safety. You're going to learn the basic language and dialogue of, of a roof. And you're going to see these things going on. So you've been doing that year, year and a half. You start moving up the process, and that process takes you into maybe being what we call a a mechanic. And a mechanic is the person that can do more technical aspects of the roof. So you're not just picking up trash. You're given something to do, and you're showing you're actually putting down roof, and you're doing some of what we call the detail work to make sure that it remains watertight, you know, key aspect. But those are some of the more technical things. But you don't know everything. So you're still learning, but you've moved up. You're not picking up trash and doing just some of the grunt grunt labor, you're actually starting to do some of the fine and finished detail. You sort of move along from there as you've demonstrated an understanding of that and an ability to perform that work. You'll move farther up and you usually become a lead man. That's, you know, that's the right-hand man to the foreman. So you know enough technically, um, you've done those works, and you now understand things about workflow. So you, when the foreman's missing, can then direct the activities of the crew that's going on there. Next step, hopefully is obvious, <laughs> would be foreman. So you move into that foreman role. Now you're running a crew and you're doing those operations and you're, you're, you're managing your team of people. So you have, you know, personnel skills, you've got an understanding of safety, you've got technical issues. You're starting to understand the idea of the company and the profitability aspect of it because jobs need to be performed in a certain fashion so that the company remains profitable. Cause if they don't remain profitable, then you become unemployed because they're out of business. So right. you want all these things to work together. Um, and then from there, you know, usually foreman to get to foreman is somewhere in the three to five, maybe six year. I mean, you, you, you've got the company has to have some openings and whatnot, but that's somewhere in that three to six year. And I'm being broad here term. You sort of reach foreman. If you follow that pathway, that's basically getting you ex- what we would call management level ready. So where you would come for four years of college in three to three to six, you've sort of gotten the same place without debt. And now 
depending on what your proclivity is, what you're really interested in or what you like or specialty or what you've demonstrated some proficiency in, you can move in a variety of pathways. There's the project management side, the superintendent, what we call sort of the field operations side, or maybe you're just a really outgoing person and you understand it, and then you might move into the service division or service sales, or you might become an estimator, estimator slash project manager, and from there, you know, literally, we can just keep on going up the ladder of positions. But that sort of shows you where in the first four years you've come out of high, of high school with that sort of little comparison contrast between college and your pathway to becoming what we would call career ready. So, I mean, you, you can make a wonderful career. If you want to stay in the field as foreman, you can still make wonderful money and have a wonderful living if that's your. But, you know, where you got out at four years puts you at that, that same position. Besides the, the, the fact that, that y'all are obviously eager to find young people to get into the industry, what are they looking for, like starting salaries, and, and where can it possibly go in the you know, ballpark in the future? This is a job that starts above minimum wage. Uh, where, oh, yeah. you know, the, the difference between, and I'm not putting down anybody that works in fast food, but flipping a burger and the risk that you're assuming in, in, in flipping a burger versus stepping on a roof, there's difference. So our pay scale is elevated well, well above minimum wage. Um, and then, yes, when you're at the, the foreman level, you know, you're, you're probably you know, in the 60s and even higher, depending on what company you are. And these are broad numbers. And the reason I say that is because we have small companies companies and smaller companies may not be able to pay as much as bigger companies and things like that but you're in the ballpark at 65 70 and easily um, as you move up there there are foremen that are in in the six-figure range um, with that without a doubt and and above and then as you clearly move up in the executive chain and things you know katie bar the doors because it is entrepreneurialism and so if you can sell more you can make more and and that comes back to you. He used the word entrepreneur, and you've used that a lot today already. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to bring up the fact that we have started this year with our ACE centers. We are integrating entrepreneurship with our trades programs. So our students are getting exposed to the, the facets of, of, of what it means to be an entrepreneur and getting exposed. We actually have teachers that are coming into the classrooms. It's not just you're, you're, you're already the teacher who's already teaching you uh, carpentry or electricity or what. We're bringing in our entrepreneurship teachers, and they're teaching the students through the years. So if they're one year, two years, programs that they're going into and they're getting that exposure so you brought that up and it's i had to touch on that (laughs) and i think it's it's huge it makes your decision making better which makes you more valuable to the organization which enhances your bottom line enhances the company's bottom line so understanding both sides of the coin is tremendously valuable whether you choose to do it on your own or you're part of an organization so i think it's a critical element that's not been taught we are here at the Adult Education Center at Regency, and you know one thing that perhaps we also want to underscore for people is that roofing is open even if you have other career experiences. We've been talking about our high school CTE students, but let's say you have worked here and there, you want to settle into a good, high-performing uh, trade with a great trend for hiring, you settle on roofing, you're not out of high school. You've been out a few years. Are there still opportunities for adults to get into the roofing profession? Absolutely. We are, we're not an exclusive club. You know, there's not just one entry point. You can come from a variety of different points. And I think that's what is beautiful. We touched on it before, you know, so the roofing industry, when we talk about it at an education level, is not, it's not an either or requirement. It, it can be you come without a degree 
You can come with a degree. You can come without a degree and still get a degree. So we're not exclusive. And in the same way, obviously, youth is helpful. Uh, you know, that's an important component. We're not going to solve our, our workforce issues straight from youth. And we don't want to be perceived that that's the only pathway in. There's a lot of folks that can come in from the, uh, we'll just say the adult education side or, or, or a, somebody that's already been in the workforce. And it, they're absolutely starting points into that and entry points. And they're also highly valued because you come with some work experience and some outside industry experience. So we value and appreciate that. I will say we certainly really appreciate from our, our veterans. Uh, they come with a great skill set. But outside of veterans, there are still wonderful people that can enter our industry and all in the same spots. You might be a little bit older starting as a laborer, but that might your your work background might accelerate you past that. Um, but you could you might be starting in some of our our what we call our managerial level positions as a project manager, or an estimator, or service manager, or service salesperson. Your skill set would lend to that, and those are indeed entry points. And we've touched on this, but I, you know, one thing, Scott, when we were chatting at Living Lab, which I thought was hilarious that you said, is that nobody wakes up one day and says, I want to be a roofer. <laughs> so it's, it's not always you know, top of mind for, for everyone. But our students are in carpentry, masonry, electricity, all of the students who participated in the Living Lab, you could see those kind of light bulbs going off. And I think part of that is because it erased the singular image we have in our mind of what roofing is in a, like a residential neighborhood. Some guys are, are, are working on a roof of a Cape Cod. Roofing is so much broader than that. And um, I, I loved your point about that and having students be able to see for themselves there isn't just one type of roof and not just one singular type of roofing job. Absolutely. And again, that was the point of the Living Lab. And I will throw one more at you. So uh, just for a fun fact... Tuesday uh, instead of Friday. Um, I'm afraid of heights. Just to, just to put that out there. Yes, I am. But the industry has taught me a lot of things, and some of it's overcoming your fears. Some of it's putting your fears in perspective. Uh, but also working in a safe environment has helped bridge some of those things. So there really isn't a barrier for you coming to work. And I think the opportunity for a lot of folks and, those, and, and the kids that were up on the living lab talk some of them, there, there are a few guys, a few girls that walked up there and their eyes are as, you know, you know <laughs> big as silver dollars if that's still relevant or displaced. <laughs> I mean, they're wide open. Like, I cannot believe I'm about ready to do this. But some time up there, like, wow, and talking with them, yeah, I was a little nervous. I'm a little, I'm a little afraid of heights. I'm like, I get it. Totally understand you. Um, but they were able to see it and overcome their fears or realize that it really isn't what they thought it would be. Yeah, and, I, and, and your point about uh, the fact that they're, it's, it's physically demanding, it's challenging. But I think in any profession, there are going to be challenging days, right? If, if you're a teacher or an accountant during tax season. And I don't know that anybody really gets off without having, uh, you know, some challenging times in a career. Absolutely. And I think that was part of the goal of the Living Lab was to be real with students. Yes. You know, I, I was up there helping talk to our service technicians that were about ready to engage with the students. And I said, you really have to be honest with them. And I mean, brutally honest in the sense that it is a tough job. We do not want to promote something it is not. You know, there's nothing good that comes out of telling a kid, you know, even if it seems like a white lie, there's nothing good that's coming out of that. For our industry, if we tell you it's easy or it's always fun or things like right. that, 
first day on the job is going to fix all that. And then we've just invested a lot of money in mm-hmm. the recruitment and the safety and the training and the equipment to see them walk out the door. So just be honest. It is a great industry, but it comes with its challenges. And I think any Mason, any carpenter, electrician, teacher, attorney is all going to tell you the same thing. Yeah. You know, but for us, I would tell you, there are a lot more good days than there are bad days. I love that. Scott, it has been such a joy to have you on the show. As you mentioned for our listeners, if they want to learn more about the roofing profession, to visit the Virginia Association of Roofing Professionals website. There's great information there, and it's it's easy to explore. And if people are keeping their eyes and ears open for job opportunities, remember to visit the VARP site because you have opportunities there listed. Um, Mike, you were on the roof taking lots so of were pictures. You. <laughs> yes, we were both there. So we will um, get ready for our next adventure wherever that leaves us. We like to hang with the VARP folks because it's never a boring day <laughs> no. when VARP's in town. You're going to be doing something really, really interesting. Scott, thanks again to all of your members for making the Living Lab another awesome experience for our students. It was fantastic. Everyone listening, thank you for joining us today. Remember, you can connect with us through our social channels. Henrico CTE is that handle. You can connect on YouTube, LinkedIn, X, TikTok, at that handle, Henrico CTE, for a deep dive of what's happening with Henrico School's career and technical education. Visit HenricoCTE.com. For Mike Roberts and our entire team at the Division of Workforce and Career Development, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next edition of Henrico CTE Now.